We give all the glory and adoration to the Lord who has made this day a possibility. We thank him for the blessings of children, and we thank him for the wonderful children he has blessed us with in the Kui Baptist Church. I want us to give the Lord a round of applause for all that these students have done this morning. We give thanks to God. We return all the glory back to him. May they always be useful in his hands in the name of Jesus. Amen. Let us pray together. Eternal Father, how we love you, how we honor you, how we adore you, how we exalt your name because you alone are God. Thank you for bringing us to this day. Thank you, Lord, for these beautiful boys and girls that you have given us as a church. Lord, we exalt you for sparing their lives and we thank you for bringing them before your throne. Thank you because we can find them in your house today where they have, they have come to worship you they, they can sing your praise. They can rejoice at your feet. Accept our hearts of gratitude in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we pray that as you speak to us this morning, you will help us to hear you. That both the speaker and the hearers shall be blessed by you. Lord, we pray that your words will not fall to the ground. We subdue every work of the enemy here. We subdue every power of the enemy here. We pray it will not prosper in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Blessed be your holy name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This morning we want to look at the importance of the assignment the Lord has given unto us as parents. And I title my top my message today as the ministry of parenting. The ministry of parenting. Parenting is a ministry and a very, very important ministry. It begins from right from when the children are born until we leave them. So it is, it is a very, it is a lifelong ministry and it is not like the Hetley ministry where you can retire. Even those of us who still have grandparents, we know they still see us as their children. So it's a very lifelong ministry. And parenting is a very difficult ministry. No one can say it is a walk in the park. It is tough. It is very difficult. But by the grace of God, it can help us to succeed in it. And I pray that for every parent that is here, the Lord will help you to succeed in the name of Jesus Christ. Your being a parent will not be in vain in Jesus' name. Parenting as a ministry is also a very rewarding one. If it is done well and it is done in the right way, there is a reward or there are rewards that come with being a parent. Parenting can only be successful through the help of God. I'm sure that many of us will agree with me that becoming a successful parent is not by might, it's not by power, but by the Spirit of God. No one can say, I know how to do it. I, I mean, my children are successful because I've, I've done what I should do, or I've done it the way I should do. Um, some, of, some do it the way they should do, but the children didn't turn out good. So it is actually the grace of God that makes them successful and that makes ministry uh, parenting as a ministry successful. However, if we do it God's way, it can help us. And that is what we want to see this morning. Parenting is also a practical ministry. It must be demonstrated and seen by all to be taking place. In other words, you cannot say you're a parent by, no, as, I mean, without living the life, or, uh, an exemplary life, to show your children how, sh how they should live, how they should work, what they should do to become good boys and girls and grow up to be successful men and women. So it's a practical thing. It is not do it without telling them to do it without you 
uh, practicing it and showing it to them. So if you have found yourself in this ministry, I want to say congratulations. You need to consciously know that God has blessed you. You must come to that consciousness that God has blessed you. I think that is the first thing that we must realize, that God has blessed us to be called parents. It is really important uh, because nobody wakes up to say, I'm going to be a parent and it just happens. Even if it just happens, it was God that made it to be so. So whatever we do in this ministry, we should know that it is God's grace and it's going to have lifelong effect on our children and the generation after, after them. Our text today has been taken from one of the pastoral epistles of Paul. And this was written to the young pastor called Timothy. We read from um, 2 Timothy chapter 1, from verse 1 to verse 5. We, we were not told, I mean, we, we, we read, if we read Acts chapter 16, from verse 1 to 2, you will discover how Paul came in contact with Timothy. Let us quickly go to Acts 16. From verses 1 and 2. Paul came to Derby and then to Lystra, where a disciple named Timothy lived, whose mother was Jewish and a believer, but whose father was a Greek. The believers at Lystra and Iconium spoke well of him. So this we know that Paul came in contact with Timothy at Lystra. Paul met him as a young guy, but he knew that he was a Christian. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, Verse 5, Paul made reference to the grandmother and mother of Timothy. Although the Bible didn't tell us much about Lois, the grandmother, and Eunice, the mother of Timothy, but the few words or the, recommend, or the statements of Paul in verse 5, those statements are so strong for us to know that the mother and the grandmother of, of, of Timothy played a major role in his life to the point that they became a servant of God that Paul could write to and Paul could long for to come and stay with him. The Bible says that, in verse 5, the Bible says that he had a sincere faith. He said, I'm reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I'm persuaded now lives in you also. Sincere faith. A person of faith must do it in a way that it is contagious to people. So this, this faith was first found in in Lois, the grandmother, and we also find it in Eunice, the mother. And now we find it in who? In, in Timothy. So it was being passed from one generation to another. I, I know that many of us, have, we can, I'm not sure that many of us are the fourth generation of Christians, maybe the third, maybe the second generation of Christians, but not many of us are the fourth generation of Christians. But I know that, I mean, I've listened to some, some preachers in abroad who are like the fourth generation of Christians, who are the third generation of Christians. I know Billy Graham has a son who is a minister. His son also has a son who is a minister. I know that um, John Hagee, uh, his father was a minister. He is a minister. Matthew, his last son, is also a minister. I mean, I know, we, we all know the Black Abbeys, that Henry Black Abbeys, father was a minister, Henry is a minister, Richard is a minister, and they also have a son who is also a minister. You know the year they came here, um, Richard came with his own son. I mean, that's the fourth generation of Christians, fourth generation of Christians. And so for us this morning, the, the, the question is, are we going to be able to pass this faith that we have professed to our children? 
Are they going to come to that point where they will want to carry on where we have stopped? Would they want to believe in our God and serve our God and make our God their own God? Kenneth Hagin, Kenneth Copeland, these are men who, or these were men who, 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 had, who had served the Lord and whose children are also remaining in the Lord. Just like we see Lois, Eunice, and now Timothy. The fact is that we must strive to pass this faith to our children. Many of us are striving to pass our wealth, our companies, our professions to our children, but we are not striving to pass our faith to our children. The way many of us are going, it doesn't look like our children will want to go or to follow our way or follow, follow our goal. There must be certain attributes in the lives of Eunice and Lois to the point that Timothy was ready to serve the Lord. And not just serving the Lord, he, followed, he became a disciple and a, and, a, and a servant of God, a minister of God. A minister of God. Let us quickly see some of the, some of the things we can deduce from the lives of Eunice and Lois that we can say made Timothy to serve the Lord. Number one, they were women who had very strong belief, believing faith in Jesus Christ. We do not know who ministered to Lois or Eunice, but we know that both of them ministered to who? Ministered to Timothy. So they were people who had very strong faith in Jesus. Their faith in God was strong enough for their, for their son, for, for the daughter and the, the grandson to become Christians. One thing we know is that our faith must be deep. Our faith must be without doubt. People who come across us must know that we are Christians. Our children must be able to say, my parents are Christians. I was listening to, I was watching a program, I think two days ago, a man of God was, was, was buried, was being buried, and the testimony of the children was that our father was a Christian through and through. In other words, everything he did, the way he lived, showed that he was a Christian. That means that the children were not missing words. They could say of a truth that it wasn't somebody else at home and somebody else outside. You know, it is very easy for, for us to be respected outside because of the faith we profess. But if you want to know a servant of God who has worth, a servant of God or a Christian who is respected, ask the people who live with him, who work with him, who spend more time with him. I'm, I'm sure you've read that write-up about a servant of God who was being buried. And members and friends were coming to say nice things about him. And the children asked themselves, are they talking about our father? I'm not sure they are talking about our father. Because he was a different father at home. We don't know him this way. The way you are talking about him, he wasn't like this to us. He, can, he, he was like that to you, but he was not like that to us. So these people had a very strong believing, believing faith in Jesus Christ. In all facets of their life, they were practicing their faith. Number two, they had influential faith. Not only did they believe in Jesus, and without a doubt, the, 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 the child, Timothy, could see that these are Christians. 
they were also influential in their faith. So they were able to influence him through the way they lived their life. Now, you can, you can say you are a Christian and your children agree that you are a Christian because you pray, because you go to church, but they don't want to have anything to do with your faith. They don't want you to influence them with your faith because they say, if this is the way Christianity is done, I do not want to be a part of it. But Timothy was not just a part of it, he was also a servant of God who served the Lord. Their faith rubbed us, rubbed off on, 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 on Timothy and on others. It was pronounced, it was seen, it was contagious. Number three, they confessed this faith and they were able to pass it along. Let us see Second Timothy, this same Second Timothy chapter 3, verses 14 and 15. Look at what, or hear what Paul told Timothy. He said, but as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of, because you know those for, for, from whom you learned it, and how from, from when? How from when? From infancy you have known the holy scriptures. How from infancy this, this man called Timothy knew the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. He was taught he was taught the word of God. And let me ask, how many of us are teaching our children the word of God? How many of us read the word of God to the point that these children want to find out what is really the big deal in this word of God that my father quotes every time and makes references to, talk about? What is it? Paul, I mean, was talking to Timothy. Don't forget this faith and the people that taught you and how they taught you. I know that some of us grew up in that environment where there was time, so to speak. Our parents had time to take us to church, uh, to take us through, uh, like in the Baptist church, you do sunbeam, what else? We do GA if you're a girl, you do RA if you're a boy, and then there is MMU, the Lydia, and all of that. And so we were taught, some of us did the steps, the seven steps, and some of us are a result of some of these things that we were taught from infancy. But I know today, if you ask some of our children questions about the Bible, they don't know. They don't know because we have not taught them. We need to, to sit down and make the Bible part of our life, part of the lives of our children. We must, take, we must go back to the Word of God. We must make the Word real to them because the Bible says heaven and earth will pass away, but not an iota of His Word will go unfulfilled. The Word of God will never fail. The Word of God will remain. And so the only thing that can sustain our children is the word of God. And so Timothy learned the word from his parents. And you see, it is easier and quicker for our children to learn the word from us than from outsiders. When they learn the word, they will live the word. When they learn it from us. I was sharing about some weeks ago when I was leading the Bible study that I met a, I mean, I, I, I was asking a young lady we were talking about a particular passage and I, I was talking about, I was, we were talking about some, a topic and I was asking, have you read this? Do you, ha, do you know this story in the Bible? And she said, no. And I was shocked because for a 20-something-year-old lady, I thought she should know that particular story. And she had grown up in the church all her life, but she didn't know that story. And there are so many of us, even adults, who do not know. But even if we don't know, let us not deny these children. 
by bringing them to where they will learn about God, hear about God, and live for God. So the parents of Timothy, his mother, his grandmother, confessed this faith and they passed it on to, to him. Number four, they were ex exceptional women who distinguished themselves in the community and in the life of Timothy. Timothy was brought up in a strong Christian home. And if you see um, Acts 16 that we read, the Bible says that the father of Timothy was who? Was, was, was a, a, a Greek. But his mother and his grandmother were what? Jews. Now let us imagine the father and the mother, they are not, one is a Christian, one is not a Christian. But the faith of one was strong enough to influence the children to influence the child. The faith of the mother and the grandmother of Timothy was strong enough to do what? To influence him. At that time that Timothy was living, it was a time when there were a lot of philosophical teachings. And there were also Jewish, I mean, the, the Jews were there struggling with the Christians. But how did this woman live? I, I, I'm sure we will not understand very well, or we will not appreciate it so much, because we are, not, we, we are not living in their time. But this was a time where Christians were being persecuted. And so they were Christians at that time, and they were so strong in their faith to the point that they held on to it and, and passed it to their son. And when they passed it to Timothy, though his father was not a Christian, but they were so strong in their faith that the son was ready to go with the mother or to go with the women. Who is influencing our children? We is having the upper hand. Our faith must overshadow any other religion or any other teaching. You know, sometimes, especially these days, children, they, they, they are more, they are more, what's the word now? They are more very bold, very expressive, and there are all kinds of things going on because they have information readily available. And if they do not know the Lord and know the word of God, they will be confused. But you know, if your child knows the right word of God, he will not be confused. He knows his limits. He knows what he shouldn't do. He knows what the word of God says because we have laid the foundation. The parents of this man, was, they were strong enough, the women in his life, and they were able to give him a strong faith in the Lord. So who is rubbing faith on the child? Is it the mother or the father or both of them? If your child leaves home at 16 and cannot further your faith, you are a failure. If your child leaves home at 16 and he cannot go to church without you waking, waking up every Sunday morning to say, are you in church? Are you going to church? Then that child or you as a parent, you are a failure. Because at that age, you must have brought up that child to be, to be rooted and grounded in the Lord that you don't need to prompt or, or, or urge him or encourage him or beg him to go to church. Ask yourself, with the way I'm going, will my child want to continue in my faith? Is my foundation strong enough to withstand the crisis of faith and other issues that will come up in their lives? Whether we like it or not, issues will come up in their life. Issues of, of life, of, of identity, of religion, so many issues will come up in their life. But if their foundation is strong, they will not go back. The Bible says, if the foundation be destroyed, what shall the righteous do? 
Today, God is calling us and is urging us and is encouraging us to take, to take our faith seriously. To, to take our work with the Lord seriously. To let our children know that there is nothing else that we stand except the word of God and except their faith in God. Whatever else we give them, we only last here. We give them the best of education, very good. I mean, if you are a Christian, you must, you must excel in every area. But if we give them the best of education, we don't give them Jesus, then we are failed. When crisis come, they cannot stand. When those issues come that will shake them, they cannot stand. You know, the devil is out to take our children, but he will not be successful in Jesus' name. But when he comes, will they stand as, as, as children rooted and grounded in the Lord, or will they fall like a pack of cards? Like I said, Timothy grew up at a time where there were a lot of teachings going on, just like our children are growing, going, are growing up. And you know, these days, through the media, they are being recruited into ISIS, into Boko Haram, and they have all of these things readily available. I pray that our children will not become tools in the hands of the enemy in Jesus' name. Let us not raise spiritually confused children. Spiritually confused in the sense that if our faith in God is not the one that they know that this is what mommy believes in, this is what daddy believes in, then they will be confused. You know, some, some children, they see you come to church, but they still see you go to other places. Maybe today, a white garment pastor comes to your house. Tomorrow, a red garment pastor comes to your house. Day after tomorrow, a green, a green garment pastor comes to your house. Today, you take them to a place for incision. Tomorrow, you give them something to lick or to swallow. The children are confused. What do we believe? And then on Sunday, you bring them to church and pretend as if everything is okay. Let us not raise spiritually confused children. Let us raise children who know Jesus. And who can say that everything my father taught me is about God and is about Jesus. And that is what I'm going to do. And that is who I'm going to follow. I'm not saying you should lord it over them. Because nobody can actually change anybody. But we can show them Christ through our daily life. And I pray you will become successful in this ministry in Jesus' name. Dealing with the soul of man is a spiritual work, and you must be spiritually fortified to do that. So for your child to stay close to the Lord, you must connect to the spiritual powers available in Christ. You must connect to the spiritual power available in Christ. You must be strong in the Lord. You must be, you must be serious with your faith. And that is what we make your child to be spiritually connected. As I conclude this message, let me say that I appreciate all of the parents who have, who have been so passionate and committed to the spiritual growth of their children. I appreciate you. I appreciate you so much for giving your children to God and allowing them to be available for God. However, I want to encourage those who are not yet there. I pray you will get there in Jesus' name. Some of us have not come to that realization and understanding that these children actually belong to the Lord and we must be willing to give them back to God. One thing I know is that it is the area where you, you, you jeer your child towards that they will go. If you encourage them towards the things of the Lord, they want to follow God. But if you encourage them towards the things of the world, that is where their direction will be. 
Some of us think that it is no big deal. And some of them, some of us think that is this, God should be the second thing. It should not be the first thing. And we emphasize school, education, lesson teacher, lesson teacher. It is good. But let us not do it to the detriment of their spiritual growth. And you see, it is time like this when we have programs that we know serious parents. And I've seen some serious parents. One thing I know is that your child will stand to gain more by connecting to God early in life. And one thing I know is that when your child is doing well spiritually, it will do well in every other area. I know parents who tell me how their children are longing to read the Bible and, and memorize the Bible and competing how many books you read. And, 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 and this morning, I, I, I see so many parents who are doing very well. And I particularly want to, I'm not going to mention the name, but it, it kills me because this family, since I've known them in this church, their children have always done well. And they are here, the children are here this morning, but I'm not going to mention names. You see, when I was teaching, when I, when I was teaching the younger classes, when it was, whenever it was time for Sunday school, before we say memory verse, these children will read, they will, they will raise up their hands until I know it. The memory verse, no matter how long it is, they will memorize. Because in their homes, in their own family every day, they do devotion. And they learn memory verse. If I call them out now to, to come and read the memory verse for today, they will read it. You know, in our class, we normally break it down for them because of their age. But this young girl will read everything. And I remember one day I was teaching and I, I thought it, the lesson was about the presentation of Jesus after his birth. And it was about um, Simeon and Anna. And I looked at them and I, and I, and I thought to myself, okay, they are very young. Let me just take, uh, I think, Simeon. So I thought only about Simeon and I left Hannah. And this young girl came to me and came close to my ears and said, Auntie, you've not talked about Hannah. And I had to tell everybody openly, this is what she told me, that I've not talked about Hannah. And she wouldn't have known if, if she had not been taught at all. Other children didn't know, but she knew. And you see, this, this, this child, this girl has a brother who I am proud to say is doing very well. They all are doing very well academically. And this brother, I'm not going to mention it because I don't want to embarrass the family, broke the record of Loyola Jesuit this year. He broke the record. And he, he broke the record of other schools, BIS, Green Spring, and he has scholarship to all of the three schools. He's doing very well academically. And that is what it means. And every time I look at the parents and I say, how do you do it? And you know the good thing about it? When they bring the student, they are still thanking me. They are thanking us. This morning, the mother has thanked me. But you see, some of us think, what is the big deal? And, and it is so painful when we see some of the reactions that parents put up when it comes to children. But God is telling us that we should, we should stand up to, to, to take the ministry of parenting seriously and bring up our children in the way of the Lord. Because when they know the Lord, it will rub off on any area of their life. This morning, sir, you saw when one of the ministers came in, one of our children officiating, we were sitting down. What did she do? She stood up for the, the, the minister to sit down. I was, and, and the pastor said, sit down. But all of us commended that, that she stood up for a minister to come and sit down. Other children will not do that. 
they will just think, I, I was sitting down here before. So, the Lord will help us. Finally, I appreciate all the, the teachers who have sacrificed their time and everything in serving in this ministry. Can all the children's teachers of Equiba just stand up wherever you are sitting down? Parents, I want you to give them a round of applause. Can you stand up wherever you are? Thank you very much. The Lord will bless you. The Lord will bless you. Please be seated. We encourage others to join us as we minister to these children. We need more teachers, especially our daddies. We want you to be there to show examples to these children that men also serve the Lord. Men also can be useful in the hands of the Lord. May we not be found guilty of our, of our services in the, in the vineyard of the Lord, especially as, as it concerns our work to our children in Jesus' name. Let us bow as we pray.